Successful people learn how to make their mind work for them. I'm David Nagel, and this is the Successful Mind Podcast. Now, I want you to think about this. What happens when we align with our truth? When we, so when I talk about a line, I'm talking about taking your thinking, your ability to think, your conscious ability to think, so we're using our conscious mind, your subconscious mind, which is also known as your feeling mind or your emotional mind, and your actions, that is the actions that you take with and through your body, and you align it with truth. To use your will effectively You don't even need to know what the truth is. Truth emanates from the divine. Now, I want you to follow me on this because this is something that um, typically happens when a person becomes an unconscious competent. They align themselves with something that they truly desire in their life, not understanding that they're actually working by the laws and the thing that they want begins to, begins to show up in their life or begins to manifest in their life. <clears throat> One of the first things to understand is this. Love is truth. Write that down. Love is truth. Number two, abundance is truth. And number three, happiness is truth. So we're going to deal with three things here, love, abundance, and happiness. Now, what if you aligned yourself with love, abundance, and and happiness? Concepts or experiences that take away from those three things are not truth. They could be perceptions in a person's life. Like a person could be unhappy, and they could have all the reasons why they're unhappy in their life. A person could be experiencing lack, but guess what? Generally, when a person experiences lack, what they're really doing is they're experiencing the law of abundance in a lack direction. See, the law really is abundance as a whole, but if we bring in the law of polarity, it has two sides to it. So on one side, you'd have the side of wealth, and the other side, you'd have the side of lack or poverty. When we don't have something, generally we have an abundance of not having something. And when we do have something, generally we have it in its whole form, which is an abundance of what it is that we want. And abundance is also infinite, by the way, right? It, it, con- it, it continues to expand because it follows the law of expansion, just like everything else in the universe, So remember this, concepts or experiences that take away from those three things, love, abundance, and happiness, are not true, but they could could definitely be perceptions that we could back up with things that are part of our own reality. When I first read um, that the universe wanted me to have what I wanted even more than I did, it resonated so deeply that I literally broke down in tears. I knew that it was the truth because poverty is a perception and so is lack. 
Now, we recognize truth when we hear it because truth lies within each of us. We were created from truth. So when we hear truth, we know it. We might have a voice in our head that wants to kick it out, that, that wants to argue with it, that wants to prove it wrong. If a person has a deep need uh, to be right about everything, even though they're hearing the truth, they're, they push it outside of themselves. Um, even Billy Graham addressed this one time, a long time ago. He said, you know, when a person hears the truth and they reject it, it leaves deep emotional scars uh, within that person. Now, why would that be? The reason that that would be is because everything in our being is always trying to pull us into alignment with the truth. It's always trying to pull us in alignment with the truth. When we're experiencing lack, when we're experiencing unhappiness, when we're experiencing either loneliness or hate, which you can use as opposites for love in, in, a, in a person's life, right? Um, and, and I'm not going to get into a big discussion of, about love specifically, but, under, but look at it from the perspective of that love is resonance, right? So when we don't have love, there is something deeply missing uh, in our experience of life as the way we should be experiencing it because the very first thing that we should be in love with is ourself. And then we're in harmony with other people so we can be in love with other people. We can give love to other people. We can be in harmony with other things and bring other things into our life. Now, deep inside of us, we know that this is the truth. Your will is the mechanism by which you say lies and bring forth yourself back to what you know, back to the abundance and faith of love. So we can look at things when we don't have it and we can call it what it is. It's a lie. It's a lie from the pit of hell. Lack of love, lack of abundance, lack of happiness, those are lies. To put yourself into a state, a constant state, um, where everything is flowing toward you, we have to align ourselves with the thing that we want. So this is referred to in, in a lot of different ways. One of, them that, one of the ways that this is referred to is the power of prayer. You could call it the power of meditation. You could call it the power of an incantation. You could call it the power of focusing on what it is that you want. But when you put yourself in a constant state of prayer, everything that you want flows toward you. Now, let's be, let's be really clear on something because prayer is something that is going on inside a person all the time. Most people think prayer is falling down on your, on your knees and going, God, please help me. That is not prayer. That is begging for something that you already have because you were given the ability to choose. So there's no reason to ask God for help or ask the universe for help. God and the universe have already helped you. You already have that help right? So the idea is not that we ask for it. The idea is that we're grateful for it. We already have it in our life. 
Anytime that we, that we plead for help, we're coming from a place of what we think that we don't have. We're coming from that place of lack once again. Prayer actually goes on inside of us all the time. You're always in communication with spirit, and the universe is always returning to you the equivalent of your prayer. When you want something and say, I don't have the money, you stop perceiving God, and you start to perceive, perceive either yourself or another individual as your source of supply. Now think. Everything that you need, we've heard this in many different ways, is already inside of us right now. Everything that we need is already inside of us right now. So we don't, it's not that we need to ask another divine source for what we want. We have to, cut, we have to fall into the awareness that it's in us right now and be grateful for it right now but then we have to move our focus in the direction of where it's actually coming from so that we don't fall into the mindset of lack, excuses, and manipulation. So when you refocus your thoughts to resonate with abundance, you recognize spirit as your source of supply. You maintain your faith and gratitude. And gratitude is really the key that keeps you connected with everything. When you're grateful for something that you do not currently, have not currently physically manifested in your life, that thing, you're in a positive state of expectancy, in other words, focus, that that thing is actually going to come into your life. So you have to keep a firm picture of your objective in mind. You have to keep your heart open to the wonders that are around you. Because everything that comes to you is also going to come in a very specific form that we call the form of opportunity. Everything is an opportunity. When you, when you um, attune yourself, so to speak, uh, which is nothing more than focusing um, your expectation on the desire that you want, you also do it in a place of gratitude that it's going to come to you and you're in a positive expectancy that that thing is going to show up in your life. It's going to show up in your life in the form of some kind of opportunity for you to receive. Now, what if a person has a problem receiving? Why would a person have a, have a problem receiving? Because they're not practicing the first key that I gave you, which is love. Love keeps us in a positive state where we're able to receive. If we don't love ourselves, then we have an internal conflict with ourselves, and we don't believe that we're actually worthy of receiving that which what it is that we desire. So this is why focus is so very important. It literally affects everything that we do. And most people just kind of you know, push it to the side um, when it comes to personal or professional development. Uh, you know, they'd be like, well, you know, I, I know I need to work on my focus. I know I need to work on my will. Um, you know, and I'll get to it at, at some point in time. It, it's, it's everything. It's really everything. Now, here's how prayer works. Your prayer 
is then projected to whomever is in harmony with your idea, and that person will instantly be brought to you to satisfy whatever need or desire that you have. The person or the opportunity gives you what you want, and you also satisfy their needs. See, this is a total exchange of energy. People who try to subvert that energy exchange, who want to get things um, and not actually give back, are not following the laws of the universe. They're trying to manipulate. Because as, as I've said before, they don't believe that abundance flows from spirit. They think that it's coming from a person. So they think they have to manipulate people in order to get what it is that they want. It's the same thing when you're in a relationship where there's no love. The relationship is then based on manipulation. You want somebody to do something for you in order to make you feel good. But when it's based on love, it's all about giving, and the receiving actually comes naturally. Because love is an expenditure of a consistent energy that is moving from you to and through everything that is around you. It will resonate with its like kind and then be returned to you. So it's a natural exchange. <clears throat> when we falter, we have to think about bringing ourselves back home. Few of us are taught these principles from birth. We have to learn them as adults. And then we have to integrate them and turn them into a way of life that continually brings us back home. And when I say back home, I mean back to the truth, back to being whole, back to the path of the divine that is within us, back to knowing that we are divine and everything that we want can be ours. And it's supposed to be. So we have to apply our will in order to achieve our desire. As I've said, with the mental muscle of the will, you use to hold your thought of your desire and keep away contrary thoughts. With your will, you can stay completely focused on what you want. Now, to help you apply your will effectively, I'm going to give you five action steps that you're going to put immediately into practice. Number one, now, and I want you to take this as serious as you've taken anything in your life. Because what I'm about to share with you will it'll begin to change everything instantaneously. And you're going to see that change dramatically and quickly. Number one, decide what you love. The best use of your will is bringing about your deepest desire. Now, to do that, you have to be honest about what that is. So at the top of a piece of paper, write, I really love doing this, and then make a list of those things. On your list will be your passion. Now, one other thing to take into consideration here that I think that is pretty darn important, actually, um, 
when we're thinking about what we love, very often a person will sit, if, you, if I was to sit across from a person and just say, hey, what do, what do you love? Give me, tell me five things that you love. They probably would actually have to pause and think for a moment. For, for the average individual, they would have to pause and think for a moment. And then I would ask them, okay, now is those five things that you just told me, are those things that you really love or are those things that you just like? And then I would ask them, are those things you just like or are those things you just settle for or tolerate in your life? Now, if you think about what I'm proposing here, it's a really big deal because so many times in our life we have been taught to settle for things and tolerate things in our life and then learn to like them, but we never really love them because we're raised with the idea of lack and that we can't actually have everything that we love. We can't do what we love with people that we love. And we certainly don't fall into the category of loving ourselves. So we don't all the time think about these things because it would be just too painful to think about the things that you love all the time and then deny yourself the ability to do them. So where do those ideas reside? I believe they reside in everybody's secret thoughts or their fantasy thoughts, the, the thoughts that they think about on occasion, but they rarely tell anybody else about. So if you're having any trouble tapping into those, um, what it is that you love, go to that place in your secret thoughts where you really desire things, and those are the things that you that you write down. Number two, commit to removing temptation from your life. When you're seeking growth, temptations will arise to stop you. Absolutely no question about it. We call it uh, new level, new devil, right? Or um, that we have to, we, we're met with a challenge that our subconscious mind or old programming attempts to agree with by raising some kind of fear of why we can't do something. And we call that the terror barrier. There's all kinds of temptations that try to stop us. Temptations can be what you think, what you watch on TV. They could be in literature that you read or people that you associate with. To identify temptations, ask yourselves, what do I end up doing when I should be doing what I love? In other words, it's something that is pulling your focus and your will in a completely different direction. Then here's the key to this, and this is the part that's, that's hard for most people, but it's only hard, and you might want to write this down, it's only hard till you make the decision to do it, and that is remove that thing from your life. Remove that thing from your life. Whatever it is that is tempting your focus to go in a different direction, you need to remove it from your life. Get it out. It has no place there for you. Repeat the process until you've let go of everything that prevents you from following what it is that you desire. Number three, 
Be inquisitive about your feelings of temptation. Don't resist them. When you notice yourself feeling a certain way, maybe somebody makes an offhand comment or your feelings are hurt or you have a negative or unproductive thought or you find yourself being pulled in a direction and you don't know that you, which way you should be going, write down the thought, the feeling, and the action. Now later, ask yourself, why was I thinking that? What about this was triggering me to feel the way that I do? Why did I feel that way? Or if you reacted to it in a negative way, ask yourself, why did I do that? Why did I allow myself to be pulled off, cor off course? Because what we're looking for here is awareness, right? So you, what you're doing is, if you let a little bit of time pass, and maybe it's just a couple of hours, or maybe it's at the end of the day, you're allowing yourself to emotionally discharge from the way that you reacted to a temptation, and you're allowing awareness to come in. And awareness is the key. The clearer you become on what lies beneath your thoughts, your feelings, and your actions, the easier it will be to keep yourself on track. Because when you're not in the emotion of what happened, you can start to see the truth of, of what's behind all of it. That's when you gain awareness around your own thinking, feeling, and behavior. Number four, release all ideas that are not in harmony with your desire. Another way to put this is this. Who do you have to become to embrace your purpose? Let's say a person's purpose is to educate and inspire, yet he or, he or she is prejudiced against certain groups. Those ideas are not in harmony with who the person wants to be, and they need to be released. What negative attitudes and beliefs are holding you back? It's likely they fall into these three categories. God, money, and sex. The reason that they fall into these three categories is because they're the three categories that we have been lied to about the most throughout history in order for the powers that be, so to speak, to be able to control the masses. If I don't tell you the truth about things that bring power into your life and you can't embrace that power, then I can control you. So that's why they usually fall within those categories or some subcategory of God, money, and sex. Then make a list of your beliefs and your attitudes for each category. Be honest and curious, but don't beat yourself up. Once you identify the ideas that are not in harmony with your desire, decide to release them, then use your will to keep them out. Remember, in using your will, what I'm saying is that you're, no you're becoming aware of what the issues are. You're going to push them to the side. You're going to remove them from your life. And then you're going to focus on that which you do desire and where you should be uh, focusing. Number five, surround yourself with visual reminders of what to focus on. These are things like great paintings, music, movies, magazines, books, and friends. 
My shelves are packed with books. I love to read. I keep inspiring movies around me. I love all different kinds of music. I have some of the most phenomenal friends around the world. Those wonderful resources keep me inspired and enable me to also help other people. I also keep uh, fresh flowers around my house and my office um, to help keep me in a spirit of opulence and nature. Uh, I like to have you know, some semblance of, of nature and that natural beauty around me all the time. What inspires you? What keeps you in a spirit of opulence? Make a list of those things, and as much as you can, surround yourself with them. Remember, spirit wants you to have what you want even more than you do. You only have to get out of the way. Decide on your desire and stay completely focused upon it. Identify and remove temptation and remind yourself daily that you're worthy of abundance. You know, it really is that simple. Number one, you're born to be a success. Every single person is born to succeed at something. We all have an individual purpose. And there's this old saying that the two most important days of your life are number one, the day that you were born, and number two, the day that you find out why you were born. And I think that we find out why we're born by staying naturally inquisitive, following the desire of our heart, asking ourselves tough questions, um, reminding ourselves that we really do come from uh, a, a loving God, a loving universe, a loving spirit, that it would be contrary to life to have any other kind of dominant energy in the world. And what most people really are doing is they're misunderstanding the laws. When we believe in, in things like a, the, a real power of evil or a real power of bad or a real power of lack, what we're doing is we're taking a law that's real, a law that's true, and we're experiencing a side of the law um, without having the other side represented at the same time. So if you take the law of polarity, for example, and you take good and bad, you would say that basically everything is just love. Everything is just love. And when you apply the law of polarity to it, you either have an abundance of love on one side or you have the absence of love on the other side. So if we're experiencing the absence of love, we're going to bring in all kinds of negative things to fill that empty bucket that we're, that, where we don't believe that there's any love. That's going to create pain. Whenever we have uh, the creation of pain in our life, we're going to do something to absolve that pain. And for different people, that's different things. And that, I personally believe that's where the whole concept of evil comes from, the concept of lack comes from, the concept of manipulation or taking something from others. It all comes from the idea of lack because if we were to know our true nature, that we truly do live in a universe that's abundant, 
I think people would want to be happy because they know there's happiness for them. I people think people would want to experience love because they know that there's love for them. And I think people would want to experience abundance and the acceleration of income in their life because they know that abundance is for them. So apply your will effectively and your deepest desires will be yours. Thanks for listening to the Successful Mind Podcast. And if you like what you heard and you want to know more, go to davidnagel.com forward slash free stuff.